Hi, welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. You're here because you want to scale and grow your business, master business strategy, and learn about new tech innovation. Join me and my inspiring guests as we dive into the topic of how, how to create, build, scale, and operate the business of your dreams. In addition to being an entrepreneur, I'm also a twin mom and optimist who loves empowering you to experience the life that you crave. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So grab a coffee or cocktail, get comfy, and let's dive in. I'm so thrilled to be talking to Dominique Townsend. Dominique is the founder and CEO of We Optimize Work. She's a working mom of four and an engineer. The goal of We Optimize Work is to support working moms and their personal aspirations without downshifting in their careers. Dominique applied principles that she used to solve complex problems in business and modeled it into a framework to meet both the personal and professional needs of working moms like herself. We are thrilled to have you with us today. We would love to know how you learned about She Built It and about your early career leading up to launching We Optimize Work. So the way I learned about She Built It is I am a podcastaholic. Like it it, it literally carries me through traffic. And She Built It was one of like my platforms that I was just like, I got to listen to this. I got to binge on it. And it was like the perfect timing for the travel time going to work and from work. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was just perfect because the insight that's provided is so relative, especially for being a mom, but also just being a business owner and looking at um, the experience of other people, how transparent they are. And no one is doing that cookie cutter. I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. I have everything all together type of approach. (laughs) And I love that about your podcast. So that's what brought me to the podcast and continues to keep me engaged as a listener And about the leap, I started my professional career as an industrial engineer at Tennessee Tech University in Cookville, Tennessee. I'm from Nashville, but the school was only an hour and a half away. I started my professional career working in a flour mill. So people don't often know that about me. I was in the middle of Denver and I transitioned into Minnesota as a team production lead. It was a union environment, very different experience. Had to be good experience, I I would assume. Yeah, like what tough skin I didn't have, I gained it the rest of it when I was at the flower mill. Right. <laughs> One fact about starting the career in a flower mill, I interviewed for it in Canada for the interview for Denver while I was attending school in Cookville. Very interesting. There was a, a NSBE conference, which is the National Society of Black Engineers Conference, and they host career fairs throughout the conference week. ConAgro was where I worked, which is the flower mill of division. They were one of the last booths that I walked through. For me, it was like, okay, I have to get myself at this company. Like they are so cool. They have so many products out there. I thought I was going to work at the commercial food division, Marie Callender or something like that. And she opened up an opportunity at a flower mill. So I took that opportunity and I would say that will be like my first leap. Because I had my oldest son in, in when I was in engineering school in my senior year, and my husband and I married that same year as well. So just uprooting everyone from Nashville to go in the middle of Denver at a flour mill of all places, not being familiar with what that was going to look like. We didn't have family support like we did here in our hometown of Nashville. So it was really different. My husband quit his job. We left and I worked and he was with our son. So he became the stay-at-home dad during that time. And it was just so exciting just to have that support. But I was super scared. Even when I moved out there, we still had our house here in Nashville. When I moved out there, I was 
like still unsure, like, okay, I hope this is going to work. And it's scary. It It can be scary. Very scary. And I liked it. It was an experience to help me learn how people interact in the professional world. And I was totally different, you know, black girl engineer in the middle of Denver and with a personality like that they have not seen before from an engineer are the Mm -hmm. typical, um, what they say, the, the, um, the typical engineer that doesn't have the social side of them, the more yes. serious, but it was an experience that I won't, that I won't take um, back at all because it taught me again, the tough skin I didn't have. It gave me um, the tough skin, but um, I knew that I will always be okay. So after, after the first couple of years of working in the flour mill, we moved back down to Nashville. I worked as a process improvement engineer, but this mm-hmm. leap was more comfortable because we were coming back home. Right. I had my second child and, Two kids, two and under. So after that second job coming back, I found myself wanting to do more. But I've learned that I was like, I was like, maybe it's just me. I'm not fitting in these environments. I had to like navigate those challenges. And then I started to get internal mentors, like people that have um, that are further in their career. They have similar backgrounds that you do, but they're not applying the same expertise in their professions. But I got to like find people that I could connect with. But that was a job that I quickly found that what I wanted to do was bigger than the company I was at. And so just engaging people, just seeing them smile, looking forward to come to work because they feel like they're making a change in a project initiative or making work better or making their customers happier based off of how they produce the product. Like that was something that brought me joy. And that was something that stuck with me um, very heavy. And I noticed that I was like at the max of the bubble of the impact I could make at that company. So I I decided to invest in a a Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt certification, which is like a level up higher in your level of expertise and how you improve projects and things of that sort. But I did it because I wanted to invest in myself because I saw my future self already as I was working with people and improving projects and seeing like the impact that I was having. But it was something that I saw myself doing more of, but I reached the max bubble. So I was like, let me invest in myself because one of these days is going to be time to transition to another company, which I did. It was a leap from being comfortable. That was a, a job that was, I could have probably been there for still now. Good for you for, for saying, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and make that leap. Yeah. So it was definitely a stretch where it was time for me to go to the next stage. And I went to the next company where a higher level of expertise required. It was something that I really liked to do. And Not too long after I saw myself hitting the same rock of, okay, I'm in an environment is something about what I need to do and my purpose that does not fit in this environment. And I keep trying to force myself and I'm finding myself doing it again. Um, But this leap was very interesting. So that goes into the leap of being laid off. I call it being retired uh, because the level of value that I could offer the environment could not figure out how to utilize that or incorporate that and what their plans were because it required a shift of their own comfort zone and how they typically handle project improvements, how they typically drove changes and initiatives for the company. So it was one of those things that was like, okay, well, I knew this was happening because I felt this from day one. Like I've always felt like I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a lot of things that can drive improvement that impacts the lives of people, just how they feel as employees and how they feel performing their day-to-day job. But I saw something bigger. Like I was like, I could do something more. Like if they just 
give me the opportunity or just loosen the leash, you know, like just say, hey, I'll, you know, you can take free reins. I mean, you can run wild with projects. You can run wild with initiatives. My ultimate goal was just to allow the company to thrive, like lead projects that allow them to thrive, but also start with the employees and help drive that impact. So it was always there. It was just a matter of like these shifts that were happening throughout my career that said, okay, well, let me go to the next place. Let me go to the next place. And those leaps helped me understand when you stretch beyond your comfort zone, great things and beautiful things happen. hundred percent. And our listeners can't see you, but you are so quick to smile and you <laughs> exude energy and positivity. So I can see Thank how you. if you were in a place where you felt stagnant, that wasn't going to work for you. And it was not. <laughs> and we know that when we're not moving to go do something new, the universe is going to help move us there. Whether we like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, time to get out of your comfort zone. What gave you the courage to say, I'm going to do this? I'm going to launch We Optimize Work. What gave me the courage was that knowing that my purpose for starting the company was something that was bigger than me. My leap into entrepreneurship came from being retired, of course, from my last job, but they did not understand how to utilize my value. It was up to me to do that. And the only way that that could happen was by starting my own company. So having the courage was coming from the level of impact that I could have with others. What was that thing that I kept trying to do in the companies? It was time to do it now. For you. Yeah, for your me. Own. I always joke and I, I'm the person that says I'm not good at analogies, but I stay giving them. So what the heck? I'm going to do it. I, let's so just say I, you are. <laughs> yeah, let's just say I am. I'm going to change that. And if it doesn't match, I'll keep going with it. You know, when taking the leap, I just felt like I was exposed. And the only person that had access to put clothes back on me from being exposed or just feeling naked, you know, like, OK, here I am. It's time to move forward. Like it was up to me. And it was so different because I begged for people to clothe me and opportunity, begged for people to clothe me and purpose and validation. That was what I did for so long. I begged for that throughout my career that I did not realize that like, taking a leap and having the courage, it required me to shift that thinking to say, oh, Dominique, you are the person that holds the clothes that you need to put on yourself, the clothes of opportunity. There goes that analogy. But I was very forward thinking in my career. And I know that even like executives, even people that are in a C-suite level, they told me I was bigger than the company. The signs were always there. And I held on to those things and the beliefs that others had in me at times I did not feel comfortable. So I would say the courage came from people who saw that it only made sense for me to do what I decided to do, like taking the leap. I was very selective in speaking with people, but the people that I spoke with, okay, y'all, I'm, I'm not going back to work. I was laid off my job. That shaming guilt, because you don't know how to feel, but it's like you're excited at the same time. So I did take the leap. In a lot of the conversations I have with women, these are the times they've launched companies and they've turned into very successful ones. It's that whole universe. It's going to push you in the direction that you're supposed to go. Can you tell us about We Optimize Work? And you are a busy mama for running your company. I'd love to know how you handle management and strategy for your day and your company. We optimize work. We create strategies and systems to help working moms to see both professionally and personally without compromising their goals, their sanity and their dreams. We meet them where they are. What's happening? Let's brain dump. Let's let's see where you are. What are the problems that you're having? And then identifying ways that work for them along their capacity, along what their demand is on how to help them navigate the challenges. We don't tell them how to parent. We don't tell them you should do this. We say, here's a framework. 
that best aligns with where you are to help you navigate. And for companies, we help companies who have initiatives that where they're looking to support their working moms by providing webinars and providing keynote speaking to teach their leaders how to incorporate strategies and how to allow for transparent, safe spaces where working moms can communicate about what they're going through. We also work with mom CEOs who are at the point where they're like, okay, I'm about to lose my mind and I really want to grow my company, but I feel stuck. So we look into their systems and we identify ways to improve that. But that's what we optimize work does. And for management tips, I'll say one of the things that I highly recommend is starting with your capacity and going from there, managing from there. For me, I look at the capacity. I know what my, without interruptions, well, with the four kids, without- <laughs> And homeschooling and yeah. <laughs> yeah. the environment we're in today. And I would think we optimize work would be so important, especially now, because in my work conversations, my kids didn't come up as much unless you know someone was asking me questions about the twins. It comes up a lot these days, a lot more, because we're all in the house together and we're all figuring out how to navigate what we've all just gone through. And it can be a little too much togetherness at times, even though we oh, love, gosh. you know, we love yeah, our yeah. family. <laughs> we do. But right. yeah, it's just amazing, like looking at the capacity and not feeling like you have to perform to a way that someone else performs. I know like the way I manage my company, the way I manage my life, I look at it in the lens of. I know that I have a max of this number of hours that I can actually dedicate to work or providing a service for a client and being okay with that. I've learned to be okay with that and not compare it to, I really wanted to be here and I wanted to be there. And so looking at that and then also um, not scheduling times around the high interruption points um, when they're getting ready to log into school, when they're shifting classes Mm -hmm. and they're getting better with the shifting classes, but getting ready to log in scheduling a meeting. I, I don't care what happens. It's always a tech need that needs to be supported. I had that moment too. You know, someone can't log on or they log into the wrong place. Yeah. I mean, and I, I went through that too, where I thought, okay, at 845, when the kids are supposed to log on, no calls, <laughs> no webinars, no nothing. Yeah, so, I shifted I mean, that. But that's the engineer in you too. And the strategist in you that says you are looking at capacity because If you don't do that, to your point, you can feel frustrated, like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing more. And I'm sure that that also helps you to delegate because you know what's within your framework. Yeah. And it limits that comparison, too. I think that we get so caught into comparison that we don't realize that the person we're comparing themselves to either has extra help or they have no help and they're just putting the perfection out for the world to see. And if you look at your capacity, you can stay close to that and say, well, you know what, this is my limit. And how can I outsource help? Whether that's utilizing a system to help improve a process, whether that's eliminating things. I like to tell people to dare to improve or dare to assess, dare to change, dare to shift for you. And the dare is start with D. Can I delegate this? Or A, can I automate this? Can a system or something help me improve this? Can a person or a template or something that I don't have to keep repeating the same process, even if in work? R is remove and remove is looking at, okay, is this something that adds value? And if it doesn't work anymore, if it's something that you're used to doing, or this is how I am used to it, like it's okay to remove it, like let it go. Let it go. If you let it go, does it hurt anything? And if not, just let it go. I did a laundry service just to see what that will work out, how that worked out. And what I found was that, okay, why don't I just remove trying to do laundry every single day or every other day? And now we bought laundry back in to where I'm still, I'm doing it again, but I only do it one day a week. 
And so I'm okay with removing those tasks and E is enhanced. Like how can I enhance what I'm doing to make it better? I say if working moms and my business owners collaboratively stop feeling the need to perform in a certain type of way, we can accomplish so many things where people don't have these false expectations of things that they can't even relate to. Like we define that and the expectations that are set is because we're continuing to allow that when we put the veil of performance on and enhancing goes into showing up more. How do you show up? How are you transparent without fear of being seen as incapable? And yes, it's very serious because now it's like, oh, well, what other jobs? I need this. I need this money. I know what that's like. But if we have solidarity in that, you will always be supported. Someone will always be there every time you show up and and say, you know what? I need to speak up. I need to show up more. I need to share this space. I need to do something different. If you enhance, even in your processes, how you work with your team members, if you have team members, like showing up more and giving them more to enhance your experience of life, you know, Mm -hmm. is is the only way we can drive change. I think it's the only solution. And we just have to be okay with knowing that the universe, we know that God is, he's always there. Like Mm -hmm. things will fall in your lap. You show up more, someone's going to randomly say, you know, hey, I saw this. I would love to connect with you. Can I help you with A, B, and C? Or your manager, if you continue to show up without that fear, they are going to shift just like the pandemic forced companies to shift. And if they don't, they don't deserve your presence. Like they don't, they don't deserve your presence. And I love the dare analogy. It's so great. And I see how that framework could really help people. It's just like, what can you do? And and be okay with it for you. And I think you share who you are, understand your capacity, just do it without seeking validation. And it's so true within the company and even for social and putting out our presence for our own companies. It's so important to be who we are because I think when we're advertising our company or putting something on social, I think audiences and clients can tell if you're not showing up as your full self, if we are not Mm -hmm. showing up as our full selves. Mm -hmm. Is there an app and a platform that you use every day that you could live without either in your personal life or in your work? The podcast app. And I know that because I like listening to podcasts, but then when it gets to like, I mean, I learned so much. Yes. I started asking the technology question because I learned about different apps and platforms from listening to podcasts. Yeah. And I now use them on my social media platforms. I'm really old school. I love post-it notes. I love drawing on a whiteboard. Now that I have onboarded the team, I do utilize Google Docs to organize particular materials and we standardize templates. We utilize Asana for project management and task management. It's easy to see who's doing what, where status they're at. I can segment what areas of focus. So for my team, I literally assign tasks. I give it to them in a brain dump. And I say, hey, I want this task. You to work on this task. They go into the brain dump category and they drag the task into particular categories that it relates to. Is it content management? Is it client onboarding? Is it the branding for our business? Is it in our marketing efforts? Is it grant submissions, pitch um, competitions, because we're still actively funding for our company this year. So if the task aligns in those particular areas with the signer, you can drag and drop that task into it. They assign it to themselves and they set the date. So that's one thing that I looked at too in delegation. I used to go into Asana type in the task, figure out who did it, slide it in there, put a date on it, put a lot of subtasks. Now, even with that, I enhanced it. I get, I empowered the people more to say, mm-hmm. here's a task, this is a brain dump, this is the goal of it. And they are so good at 
okay, here's some things that I know I need to do to help reach this goal of the task that you have identified. I assigned myself this. This is the date to reach it. And I'm very clear on who does what within the company. So it helps me as well in how I manage. But Asana is great. Google Docs is great. I I couldn't live without Google Docs. And our teams want to do a good job. It's the communication. To your point, like trying to figure out the best way to communicate your team to where they can execute and feel good about the work that they're doing. It's really great that you put all that thought into it. Yeah. And I I love to see people shining what they like to do. So we look at want to have like once a month development to say what things that you like to learn. So one of my team members, uh, she would like to learn more about web development and coding. So I'm going to look into development. I used to wear the web development hat and the, and, and so it's just like, you know what? I let me release that and magic started to happen. And then also if it doesn't work out, we communicate about it. What didn't you like about it? What did you feel that you need to better prepare for this particular task? And we have those conversations weekly and seeing where they are and, and where they would like to go. But then what are those gaps that I can do better as, as the business owner? But at, um, so that's the thing that helps too. That's great. I love to, when I'm interviewing someone, I like to let them know that I'm looking for someone innovative that's going to push me that I mm-hmm. kind of don't have to pull along that's going to say, hey, have you thought yes. of doing this? And what, you know, what about yes. implementing this strategy or this platform or this app? Because really, I think that's the only way business is really going to grow. I love that you said that too. Yeah. Because yeah, that's exactly like my teams, like they, they're scheduling like social media. Um, they're doing scheduling for that. And even with the onboarding, they're working on, they know the workflows, identified the path, but now they're automated in one of the workflows. They're using platforms that I haven't used. They give us suggestions even down to, oh, I, I really see this as a, as a great opportunity for us to use. It would be easier to work with our clients. Um, and so that's the thing that I just say, you know what? Yes, we're meeting the goal. How we go about it is very, I like to say, be, be as creative as you can be. That gives you joy in the process of figuring out that process, right. that task to really do. Great. And then hit the goal, hit the goal. That's the, at the end of the day, hit the goal. And it aligns with our values. We have our values for the company. If you don't feel these values when you're working on something or when you're working with someone, then that means we won't do it. It's, it's like, it's really that simple. It's like, okay, well then let's look at the next thing. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one tip that you can leave with us today about how you find and live your joy? My one tip would be stick to your intention. What is the reason that you show up? Who are you showing up for? What is your intention? Why do you go to work every day? Why do you keep making those decisions that aligned with those things that you saw for yourself? How do you seek to show up in the world with your business? What level of impact does it have? And that's what, for me, it brings me joy. It helps me to live my joy because I know why I show up. And on days that I get uncomfortable, on days that I feel like I'm comparing myself to others. we all have. Oh, I go back to the intention. I almost did it last week. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm here to show up in this type of space. And yes, we could be in the same industry. But the way I show up and my intention of why I show up has nothing to do with anyone else but me, mm-hmm. especially like the way I show up is mostly for my kids to not feel like they I don't want them to know any other way. I don't mm-hmm. ever want them to experience going years of begging for their value just to figure out they own their value. I, love that. I want them to like be so ignorant to that that they're like, oh, I didn't even know that you had to ask for permission. I just did it on my own. I love that. Like no fear. So that intention comes from how I show up in business. That's the key. It's like, how do I show up? Like how, how do I show up? What's my intention? And the way I do that, the ultimate, like that deep down ingrained why comes from 
what kind of legacy am I leaving my children and my children's children? And no one can do that, but me and my husband. That's something that helps bring me joy, help me live my joy is just sticking close to that. And so that's my one tip for everyone. Get very clear on that. And it takes time to do it. We're more tactical. We can identify to-do lists. We can identify tasks, but we need to look at our intention. And that way, when we're setting our capacity, when we're looking at how much time we have available and looking at our demand and where we are in life, how we show up, we can define it for ourselves and not feel like we need to perform in a way that society or what the appearance of what you think other people are doing. We don't have to show up that way because we're so true to our intention. We're so true to how we seek to show up for ourselves. So that's, that's the key. I love that. Look deeper. And you're definitely showing up in the way that you are building and creating. We optimize work. So thank you so much for being with us today. Can you please tell listeners how and where they can find you? WeOptimizeWork.com is our website. You can follow me on Instagram at WeOptimizeWork or on Twitter at WeOptimizeWork. I'm heavily on Instagram on my personal page as well. So at Dominique Townsend, D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. T-O-W-N-S-E-N-D on Instagram. You can find me there. Shoot me a DM. I love to know what you think. And please continue to check out this podcast because it's I love listening to it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you are new to She Built It, we'd love for you to join us. We offer community memberships, masterminds, innovative virtual events, and meaningful connections to entrepreneurs and corporate leaders. Please also check out our She Built It shop curated products from women-owned businesses who put their heart and soul into their beautiful and innovative products. We offer She Built It Business Consulting and the She Built It blog. Thank you to everyone around the world who joined today. Thank you to my editor, Rich Streffolino. Please download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, together, let's let nothing stop us from experiencing the life that we crave.